Well, welcome to the Happy Holy Hour. This week, it's just me, Tyler Rutherford, with you on the show. This week, I wanted to do something a little different. We haven't done this before, but we wanted to highlight a local pastor who has just been preaching the word in such an amazing way. And I wanted to share one of the sermons that I've heard recently on this podcast. It's a short one, but it's a really good one uh, because I think there's a lot in there that will redirect our thinking when it comes to the you know popular ways of thinking in the Christian world today. But the sermon comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. The sermon comes from Pastor Chris Coates, who's the, the senior lead pastor of Pilgrim Baptist Church in the Lawncrest section of Philadelphia. And if you're in the area, I definitely recommend visiting the church. But this is what the text says. It says, And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Enjoy the sermon. Welcome to the Happy Holy Hour, a podcast where everyday Christians grow in their faith through biblical examination and insightful discussion. I'm glad you're here today. If you enjoy the content you're about to hear, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode, and visit us at thehappyholyhour.org. Let's get started. Well, this is uh, a really... One of the most important passages, I think, in the entire Word of God. And I don't think that's any stretch to say that. Because Jesus lays things down in such a way here that it's clear that there is only one way to follow the King. He, there's a lot of different ways that Christians act like they're following the King. They have their personal agendas, they have their personal goals, and the Jesus is part of what's going on. And maybe he's making their lives better in some way. Some people um, want only to serve God on Sundays. Um, and all those things are gross uh, wrongs done against the king because they are not alternate ways to follow the king. There's only one way to follow Jesus. And that's what he's going to describe here. And starting with verse 34, it says, He summoned the multitude with the disciples. So he wanted to get more than the disciples' attention. He wanted to get everybody around who could hear. He wanted to get their attention. And it says, he said to them, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So now, after Jesus had already described to the disciples that he was going to suffer, and that he was going to die, 
He is now telling the disciples and the people around, if you want to follow me, I'm inviting you to do the same thing as well. Um, I've quoted this many times from this pulpit, but probably I'll continue to, because it's one of my favorite quotes from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said that when Christ calls a man, he calls him to come and die. And that is exactly what Jesus is saying here. When he invites people to follow him by taking up their cross, they would, the crowd would have understood what that meant. Um, when Jews had been crucified in various uh, insurgencies and things like that, um, they, the Romans would line up the crosses along the roads as a warning to people who would challenge the might of Rome. And so they got an instant image in their mind when they said, take up your cross and follow me. But what did the cross mean to Jesus? And it's important that we understand that because it should be what the cross means to us as well. Jesus was opposed, okay? And so Jesus is now inviting us into opposition. Jesus himself said, Woe to you when men speak well of you. Because when you stand up for Jesus Christ, you're going to ruffle some feathers. When you follow the Lord, you're going to upset some people. I have tried to share the gospel with some people in the nicest way, in a nice tone, and they look like they wanted to spit in my face. Because Jesus divides. He really does. And you will have opposition. Matter of fact, Jesus said at the end of the Gospel of John 16, He said, in this world you will have trouble. So get ready. Get ready because you will have trouble. He said, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so He's calling us to opposition. But He's also calling us to humiliation. And we know that Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of heaven and earth, the great I am, was humiliated, spat upon, mocked. And he invites us to be able to absorb the blows as well. And that's why I always mention about our brothers and sisters in persecuted areas. Because we need to think of them and we need to be praying for them. Because they're suffering closer to the cross than we are. And we have much to learn from them. Because though the cross is costly, and it is very costly, they know what we want to discover, that it's well worth it. And so Jesus isn't just calling us to opposition and humiliation, but also death is on the table. Would you die for Jesus Christ? Think about that. If you really came to it, would you die for Jesus Christ? You know, I remember that school shooting in Columbine. And, and kids were singled out, some of them, because they were Christians. And, and one girl was asked, with a gun on her, are you a Christian? And she said, yes. If that were you, would you confess Christ? If it cost you everything, because that is the call that he's calling us to. I think these are series of verses that when the service is over and you go home, you need to meditate on them. Because periodically we all need to check our personal walk with Jesus with this. And am I living across life like Jesus wanted me to? And the good news is if you're not, 
God can help you fix that today. And if you've never trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, you might say, wow, this is different than what I'm used to hearing. You know, back in the 90s, we were really, um, youth leaders especially, were guilty sometimes of making the gospel too easy. I, I, I used to do that too. And I'm confessing that here. Where I would say, you know, if you believe in Jesus, just raise your hand, say this prayer, and you'll be saved. I'm ashamed that I, those words ever came out of my mouth because that is cheapening the gospel. Um, I later came to a point where a young girl raised her hand and said she wanted to ask Christ as her Lord and Savior, and I talked about this verse. And I said, are you ready to give up everything for Jesus? Because what he's calling you to is the best life, but it's not easy. And when I told her that, she walked away. And you know what? It would have been better that she walked away than she raised her hand and had a false assumption she was saved. Because what Christ is calling us to is to let everything go into his hands. And you take up your cross. Somebody who got the great value of following Christ was Jim Elliott. We know his story because in 1956, he was killed trying to minister to the Aka Indians. And there's a very famous quote from Jim Elliot. He said, He is no fool who gives up that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Amen? And, and that is really where we are today with this passage. There is no part-time way to follow Jesus. There is no way that I'm going to have my own agenda, and Christ is here on the side, I want him part of it, but what I would really like is Jesus to just simply agree with me and follow my plan. That is not following Jesus. This is the only kind of discipleship that Jesus promotes, is the cross life. Jesus said, if anyone follows me, Luke 14.33, then he needs to give up everything he has. If you don't give up everything you have, Jesus says, you cannot be my disciple. Wow. In a world where we want to make things easy, uh, Jesus is kind of saying, whoa, 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 hold on. Before you are in such a hurry to follow me, understand what I'm calling you to. But it's better. It's worth it. And we're going to see that today in the Scriptures. Um, but understand this that um, Jesus hasn't come primarily to give you your best life now. Jesus hasn't come primarily to bless you financially. He hasn't primarily come to bless you physically. He may bless you in some of those ways, but that's not why He came. He came for His own glory, that He might be glorified in His people that he might be glorified by his grace, that he might be glorified in his mercy. He came for that we could be for what we were meant to be for, to be for Jesus, to live for Jesus. And that's what it's all about. And so Jesus didn't come for a makeover, it's been well said. He came for a takeover. And that's, that's what he wants out of our lives. Verse 35, it says, For whoever wishes to save his life, shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's shall save it. This word lose in the Greek is apollome, 
which means primarily to kill or destroy. Um, that's very important. Jesus is literally saying to follow me is to lose your life. It is to die to yourself. And as a matter of fact, the Gospel of Luke says to do it daily. You die to yourself today and wake up and die to yourself tomorrow. And let Jesus have the consequences for what happens in your life. You just trust Him and obey Him. Follow Christ and die to yourself. It isn't loss at all. You'll discover, many can say amen to this because they know it in their own lives. It's gain. It's great gain. But the opposite is true as well. If you reject Christ to save yourself and to keep living the way you're living and to make your own personal philosophies um, agree um, and you just want to live for your own self, if you try to save your life that way, you will have loss, the worst kind of loss. And Jesus makes that very clear here. Verse 36, he asks this question. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? So he's asking us now to look at the value of our soul versus the value of the world. And no one's going to gain the whole world. The richest people in the world, they, they haven't gained the whole world. But he's saying theoretically, if you could gain the whole world, how is that compared to the loss of your soul. 3.19, it says as a condemnation to mankind that when Jesus came, it says this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light, for their deeds were evil. And so, loving the darkness and rejecting the one who came to save you, we dare not take for granted all that He has done. And we dare not have a love, and a love affair with the world. Because 1 John 2.17 says this, And the world is passing away, and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God abides forever. The gods of this world are dying. Make no mistake about it. The world is now promoting things that the Bible says that are wrong. In Isaiah it says, Woe to the people! who call bad good and good bad. And that's where we are today. And those that love the world will soon discover that the world has a very temporal quality to it. But when you find your life through Jesus Christ, the quality is eternal. We shall always be with the Lord, the Bible says. When Christ returns and He redeems our bodies, we shall ever be with the Lord. And so, we need to understand what is true and lasting value. Most people really don't. Most of us would rather have good physical health right now and not suffer. We would not like to be opposed right now and suffer. We would not like to be humiliated or embarrassed and suffer. And for sure we don't want to die. But that is not understanding what is of true value. God the Creator of all things, our Lord Jesus Christ, understands what true value is. Verse 37, he says, For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? He asked this question to hammer home the point. What else could be of value 
that it would be worth losing your soul. Now, here's a question. Some people would say, well, you can't really lose your soul, right? The soul is immortal. You can lose your soul. 1 Corinthians 15.53, the Apostle Paul says, For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. Immortality is alone a gift from God through Jesus Christ. So what does that exactly mean for those that reject Christ? Does it just mean that, okay, well, my soul's not immortal, so I'll just die and there's no consequences for my sin? No. Um, the book of Ephesians calls those who are apart from Christ children of wrath. This means that the wrath of God is hanging over your head. And the only thing that stops it from happening is your eventual death. And so what will happen is you will die apart from Christ. And you will suffer the wrath of God apart from Christ. Um, Matthew 10.28 says, Do not fear them who can kill the body, but rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. And so the consequences are very serious for rejecting the gift of God in Jesus Christ. And I beseech you, if you haven't ever accepted Christ, that you don't wait another moment. And so the consequences are very severe. And finally, Jesus says in verse 38, For whoever is ashamed of me, and of my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And you may have never thought of that. You might even get defensive and say, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I would never be ashamed of Jesus. Have you had an opportunity to share the good news of the gospel, but didn't because you were afraid? At that moment, you were ashamed of Jesus. Have you ever felt called to do something for the Lord? Have you ever felt a call to full-time ministry? Have you ever felt a call to missions? Have you ever felt a call to reach out and do something for your neighbor? But you didn't because you were afraid. In that sense, at that moment, you were ashamed of Jesus. Let us not be ashamed of Jesus. The Apostle Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul was not ashamed, and therefore he could say, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Go ahead and kill me. You're going to send me right to Jesus, which is what I want anyway. And so we also need to be bold. In the book, Crazy Love by Francis Chan, he wrote a story about a man named Stan Gerlach. Um, and Stan Gerlach was giving a eulogy at a memorial service, and he shared the good news of the gospel. And as he was finishing his message, Stan Gerlach said, we could die at any moment, any of us. Are you ready? And then he sat down and dropped dead of a heart attack. And at that moment, you have to understand what had happened. In one minute, he was confessing Jesus to men. The next moment, Jesus was confessing Stan Gerlach before heaven. Don't you want him to be able to say that so-and-so here or so-and-so there was not ashamed? And I am glad to confess him before my Father in heaven. 
we need to realize the importance of the call that he's giving us here. Discipleship is not easy. True discipleship is not easy. What he's calling us to here is by no means easy. But it is the only way. And it is worth it. Because what the world offers, what temporary pleasures offer, are garbage compared to Christ. Paul said, I count all things as lost compared to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So let's make a new goal today. Let's make a new stand in our lives today. That I want to live the cross life because that's what Jesus called me to do. That other things in my life are just that. They're merely other things. They're not the kingdom of God. Anything less than the kingdom of God is a lesser thing. And that's why Jesus said, don't worry about all these things that we're, that we're running for and struggling for. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and, and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus says, you make my business your business, and I'll take care of your business. Amen? I, um, as we close in prayer, I just want to say that the message of the gospel is always urgent. I had mentioned to you that I shared the gospel to someone at the food pantry yesterday. I don't say that to, I'm not bragging about myself, I'm saying it to say that I was talking to the man and realized we were talking about all kinds of things. It's like we're talking about all kinds of silly things. We're talking about food. We're talking about sports. We're talking about family. And I said, the most important subject isn't on the table yet. So I had to share the gospel with him. Now, I wasn't ready to trust in the Lord, but that's not our problem. God's calling us to be his mouthpiece to this world. Will you live the cross life? And if you don't know Jesus, will you come now? On this final um, hymn, come forward and receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Um, and come knowing that it's not easy. But by faith in Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to discover it really is the best life ever. Amen? All right. All right. That sermon was titled, The Only Way to Follow the King by Pastor Chris Coates of Pilgrim Baptist Church in the Lawncrest section of Philadelphia. Listen, thank you for joining us today on the Happy Holy Hour. If you have any questions about any of this and, and you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, please reach out to us. Don't hesitate to reach out. Happyholyhour at gmail.com. You can also reach out to us over social media, and we'd be glad to connect with you in that way. Remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode and leave a review so others can find the show. Lastly, visit our website for some really helpful resources. Until next week, God bless. Thank you.